0: Our next presenter is going to be from the Office of Economic Development and um, just grab their picture real quick, making his way up here. And this is uh, Rick Snyder. So today, Rick is going to be presenting information on small business loan programs. Um, Rick is a senior economic development specialist and has been with the office for 27 years administering the OED's loan programs. So please welcome Rick. Right here? Just okay. a Hi. So I am not Rick Snyder. I'm John Hill with the Office of Economic Development. Hopefully you can tell I have not been there for 27 years. Um, I actually just got pinched hit in on this about 10 minutes ago. So this is all very new to me. Um, I do know the basic information. But in terms of what's actually on these slides, I don't really know a lot. So I'll be looking that way for much of this. So OED's low program has been around since 1986. Um, It is a federally funded program. Um, Since 1986, we've revolved approximately $170 million, assisted around 850 small businesses. Uh, The private capital leverage toward that or with that is around $650 million, which is almost four times as much. So uh, the loan program is uh, geographically independent. Um, we're going to get a little bit more into that as we kind of move through. This is really just kind of a, uh, a rough breakdown. Uh, the businesses must be located within that revolving loan fund, fund boundary uh, and meet one of the national objectives of the loan program. Um, rather than read through all this, I'm just going to skip ahead and just kind of uh, kind of show you the specifics of all these things. Uh, As I said, uh, this is a federally funded program, it's funded by the Community Development Block Grant, um, which comes through uh, Housing and Urban Development. This is a program that uh, over the years we've certainly seen less and less money coming in from the federal level. Uh, So we've obviously been very careful to make sure that as we um, disperse those dollars we're doing it in the most uh, effective way possible because every year we honestly don't know if it's going to be there the following year. Um, we have two loan programs, the revolving loan fund program, which is our traditional lending program, and then the neighborhood business revitalization program. Uh, There's some key differences between those, and we're going to get into that in just a minute. Uh, eligible uses of funding, um, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty wide-ranging what we can do. Uh, it can be used for real estate acquisition, construction costs, uh, fixtures, furniture, and equipment, which we, we call FF&E, uh, working capital, which is, could be payroll, it could be um, the capital you need kind of as you're still waiting to generate revenue, things like that, and purchase of inventory. There are some national objectives that all these loans must fit into, and we're going to get into that as well. So, um, overall there are some objectives to this program. Uh, number one, we wanna create jobs available to low and moderate income individuals. This program actually stipulates that of the jobs created, 51% must go to individuals who were in the previous year low and moderate income. So where, where this kinda gets a little confusing, um, the jobs themselves don't need to be low moderate income jobs, the people who Fill those jobs, in the previous year needed to be in the lower moderate income range, which is just basically below the um, area median income, which I believe right now is fifty-eight thousand uh, dollars. Let's see. Uh, we want to stimulate the redevelopment of underutilized, deteriorated commercial districts. Um, get a little bit more into that as we move forward. Uh, elimination of slum and blight. Um, we want to improve the quality and level of goods and services in Denver's low and moderate income neighborhoods. So, you know, basically, what that means is we want to invest in low and moderate income neighborhoods and kind of uh, kickstart um, economic development in those areas. Uh, we want to create access to capital for small business entrepreneurs who cannot obtain conventional traditional financing. That's a really important part of this, and we'll get into that as we move forward. So, so owner equity, private financing must be maximized. Um, basically what that means is the owner has to be able to come in with a substantial portion of this money, either themselves or through loans. Um, and our participation essentially is dependent upon the project not being able to move forward without our participation. So. Um, The the minimum amount that a a borrower must have toward the project is 75% of the total cost. Um, uh, Minority and women owned businesses can actually be 70% of the total cost. And then OED can come in with the last either 25 or 30% up to, um, depending upon the the criteria. So we can lend up to $350,000 for a project. I believe that the lowest we go is 25. Um, And for that money to come in for us, or from us, um, there has to be a demonstrable need. So, what that means is the borrower, the potential borrower, has to be able to show that they cannot generate any more capital. So, that can come in the form of declination letters from banks, things like that. Uh, at what point? At which point we can come in and lend that last little piece? We don't want to compete with private lending institutions, be they banks or um, people like Colorado Lending Source, um, Axiom, those types of lenders. We really want to come in as you know the last piece of the puzzle and the reason to kind of help get these projects over the line. Um, we do take a subordinated lean position in these, uh, in these projects, which basically means that if the worst were to happen and the business was unable to continue, we would be the last people at the table with our handout. You know, we, we obviously don't want to see that happen, and we don't want to be in a position where we're collecting. Um, we've had a lot of success in terms of um, you know these loans. Very few actually default, especially given the fact that these are loans that um, aren't quite as bankable as they say. Um, we've, we've really done an excellent job of you know, deciding on the projects and kind of helping move these things forward. But we're also very flexible in terms of, um, you know, our, our payment structure and terms and things like that. So just, I guess a lot of this is kind of a recap. As I said, I didn't really know what was coming. Um, The job creation piece, let me just explain that. That's the last piece of the slide here. So for every $35,000 we lend, um, one full-time equivalent job needs to be created. So basically what that means is one 40-hour job, or two 20-hour jobs, or four 10-hour jobs, what have you. So that's that's what we mean when we say a full-time equivalent job. So for every $35,000, one of those jobs has to be created. So the, uh, the uses, um, I guess we kind of already went over this. I think the only piece that I really want to cover with this is the construction renovation piece. Now, we tend to advise people against using our money for construction specifically just because it creates a lot more uh, red tape because... When you use federal dollars for um, things like construction, it triggers what's called Davis-Bacon. And Davis-Bacon is uh, a government um, requirement that uh, basically means that you must pay a prevailing wage to your, um, to construction people. So that's gonna happen anyway, the way Denver is right now. I mean, we've got a major shortage in terms of construction um, labor. But um, the fact is it just it creates a lot more paperwork for you and it makes things just a lot more cumbersome when it comes to actually using the money. So we, we tend to advise against that. We certainly do lend for it, but it does make things a little bit more difficult for you. Now, in terms of uh, construction, just to, to sort of give you an understanding of this, really what that means is... Anything that you kind of can't do yourself, anything that would require a contractor—that's really where construction lies. Let's say, um, let's say you wanted to install a triple sink in your restaurant. If you, if it's if it's the kind of sink where you know you're going to need to do some plumbing and need to you know create some uh, some fixture type attachments, that's going to trigger construction can trigger trigger Davis Bacon. Now on the other hand, if you are buying a refrigeration unit and you just need to install it in terms of just plugging it in or maybe attaching a gas line to a fryer, things like that, that you can do without triggering Davis Bacon. So there are certainly some, um, some specifics to it, a lot of nuances, You really kind of want to run these things past Rick if you he were here. So um, you know, just as as you would move forward with those things, you'd always want to be sure just to touch base with uh, the underwriter. So the neighborhood business revitalization program. This is the other program that we have. Um, it's much more targeted. We've got very specific areas that fall into the NBR area, NBR range. Um, these are these are them. I'm not going to read all of them. The big difference is that we can do gap financing up to 50%, whereas with the previous program we could go as high as 30% in specific situations. In this program we can go as high as 50%. All the other regulations do apply, it's basically the same, but that's just the, the one big difference. Uh, Our newer target neighborhoods, uh, we have four right now. These are the areas that OED's been targeting, really, just for uh, support over the last few years. Uh, Lyria, Swansea, Globeville, Sun Valley, and Montbello. This is the uh, revolving loan fund map. Um, Any lending that we did right now would have to fall within these boundaries. so this is really just kind of a basic outline. This is uh, easily sourced information. It's available online. It's available on the OED website. And so the underwriting criteria, I guess this is, this is really the most important part. This is the reason why it's, it's worth um, looking at our program. Our program tends to be a much more affordable program. Um, we, we offer below market interest rates, uh, usually between 1% and 6%. Uh, the terms of the loan... Um, for real estate acquisition, can be up to 25 years. Construction can be up to 20. Uh, FF and E purchases are up to 15. Working capital is up to 10. Um, we also offer a six to nine month moratorium at the beginning of the loan. The reason that's advantageous is, as many of you know, um, you know, getting through, you know, zoning, licensing, all those things can take some time, and you're not generating revenue, and you're still paying rent. So. You know, this is an important piece for us, we want to make sure that you've got a little bit of lead time to get to a position where you're starting to generate revenue. And so, you know, we try to make this as approachable as possible. Uh, in terms of collateral, business assets, uh, deed of trust, um, and a personal guarantee is required from the, uh, from the business owner. Um, There certainly is a lot more to this. Um, You know, this is really just a a general outline. Rick is, uh, as was mentioned, Rick has been here for 27 years. He's been unwriting these loans for a long time. So, you know, any any follow-up questions you may have about this, he's certainly more than capable of answering. And he absolutely would have been here had it not been for a very last-minute emergency. Uh, Let's see. Okay, I'm not gonna lie, I don't know anything about these programs. <laughs> so, you know, t- take it in. I don't know what else to tell you. Next slide. Um, so our, our, our lending and key partners, uh, banks of course, uh, Colorado Housing Finance Authority, Small Business Administration, um, the Commons on Champa, I'm assuming, considering the audience, most of you are familiar with the Commons. Uh, if you're not, um, please find Carrie Singer later today. She can tell you all about the commons it 's just a fantastic space for entrepreneurs to really get started and get rolling it 's a free service of the city of denver so if you don't know about the commons, absolutely get in touch with Carrie um, and obviously we have we have many other partners um, we certainly rely on them to help get to that first seventy five percent and you know kind of do our part and Help, help the community grow the best we can. So here's uh, Rick's contact information and you know I'm sure you have many more questions that I didn't touch on so by all means feel free to reach out to them and thanks very much. <laughs>